Good afternoon, America, and welcome to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Happy December 1st. Happy December 1st. So it's official. The Christmas season is in in full gear. Actually, you know, it, it starts, you know, it used to start when Thanksgiving was over. Um, I think now it actually starts before Thanksgiving. I was seeing uh, Christmas decorations in the stores in October, but officially today's December 1st. So we are on. We are on. The Christmas season is on. So uh, we say, you know, Merry Christmas around here. I mean, I'll say Happy Holidays, too, and, and Happy Hanukkah, but uh, we're not going to leave out Christmas. It is, uh, it's just a great time. It's a blessed time of the year. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to show it. We're going to show our, our faith in this holiday season. I've got some, some things I'm going to, I'm going to get to later that speak about the faith of the founding fathers. Um, I've got some things that I'm going to speak about that, you know, talks about Lincoln. Today's December 1st. This is uh, an anniversary. Oh, so guess what? On anniversaries, we go to history class. Yes. <laughs> Love history class. We're going to have some fun in history class today. But first, before we get to history class, I, I feel like I did not uh, – tie off the conversation very well yesterday. If you miss yesterday's show, well, you can catch it in podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you will find the America Out Loud uh, podcast network. And I am there. I am I am there along with the other uh, America Out Loud talk radio hosts. Um, so yesterday's, yesterday's, <clears throat> excuse me, yesterday's show uh, it, we we, we kind of wrapped it up with it. as we were winding it down. We were we were talking about money and money and and public education. And I had I had pointed out an, an article that spoke of the state of Tennessee that had formed a committee that was looking at rejecting federal funding. Uh, I, I think the article said a billion dollars in federal education funding they were looking at at turning away. And their rationale for, for turning that away uh, is that uh, it, it comes with, the article said, because it comes with burden, burdensome requirements. The government, a lot of times, will say, we're going to give you this money. And by government, I mean the, the federal government. We'll say to the states, we're going to give you this money, but it comes with, uh, you know, all this red tape. And, and and by the way, by the way, it it used to be, it used to be flipped. It used to be the other way. The federal government used to have to come to the states and request money. That's the way it used to be, and that's the way it still should be. Uh, it still should be that way. You know, but 1913 rolled around, and we had we had two amendments: the 16th and 17th Amendment, both in 1913. 
that really changed the game. It changed the way the federal government operated. It really put a dent in federalism. It put a dent in, in the, ultimately, the, the power structure. It rearranged the power structure. Oh, one of these days, we should just do a show on 1913 and just talk about 1913 and just talk about what a detrimental year 1913 was and how we can turn it around. Ah, we will do that. Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm going down a little mini rabbit hole here. I'm just, my point is that the federal government used to have to come to the states and ask for money. And now it's not that way. The federal government's like, hey, we'll give you money we'll, we'll, to the states. We'll give you money, but you have to do this, 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 and this. You have to jump through all these hoops. And the state of Tennessee is saying no. Uh-uh. I mean, possibly they're saying no. They're looking at it. They're looking at turning away a billion dollars. And there are people who are saying, why would you turn away a billion dollars? This money is going to support low-income students and students with disabilities. That uh, You can't turn that away. How dare you turn that away? Uh, you know, and, and low-income students and students with disabilities tug on our heartstrings because we care. We're a caring people, and we we want to lift up everybody. And so we think, well, let's just throw money at it. Let's throw money at the problem. Yesterday, I said, you know, while you know money's great, uh, we all want money. You know, we just wrapped up. Giving Tuesday over here, and you know, you've heard me say to you before, and I, and I will say, you know, often on this show, uh, you know, I I run Waterbrook Christian Academy. It's a it's a K twelve private school. Uh, you know, we charge tuition. You know, but tuition isn't enough to pay the bills, and so we have to fundraise, and you know, and we have to solicit donations. And and you've heard me say, hey, if you if you want to support a cause, if you want to support uh, education, you know, go to go to our website, go to waterbrookca.org, you know, click the support tab. We would love to have your support. We are out here um, educating the kids. So, uh, you know, money is important. We need money. You know, but money in this case is is not the solution to the problem. And so I said, what's the problem? Well, the problem is test scores. Uh, the the 2019 uh, National Assessment of Educational Progress, which is known as the nation's report card, by the way, of uh, the 2019 results indicated that only 34% of eighth graders were proficient in reading. And I covered this yesterday. Uh, I just want to recap. Because repetition, my friends, is the mother of memory. So 34% of eighth graders are proficient in reading. 41% are proficient in math. You know, those aren't good numbers. What is worse, you heard me say yesterday, uh, only 13% of eighth graders in America are proficient in American history. 13%. Back in the day, there was an eighth grade history exam back in the 1800s. 
And uh, David Barton talks about this. David Barton from from Wall Builders. He he talks about this that in the summer they'll bring in, um, you know, college age kids to uh, to a summer camp down there. I mean, it's I don't I don't call it a camp. I mean, whatever they call it, an intensive. I don't know. It's a training that they have down there for a couple of days, and he will give these students this eighth grade exam from the 1800s, none of them can pass it. And not a single one. I mean, he, he talks about this. <laughs> none of them. And you know what? Maybe I should put that exam on our on our website and just let people come and see if they can take it. Hmm. I'm going to have to think through that. Uh, you know, so these kids, you know, these college kids, you know, they, they, they go down to Texas to wall builders, and, you know, he gives them this eighth grade exam and not a single one of them pass it. Uh, you know, and so here we are now with only 13% of our eighth graders proficient in, in American history. We're back in the day. They were just, uh, they were learning things that our, our college age kids can't even comprehend. So this is the problem. The problem is the test scores. The solution to test scores is not money. It's not money. Money is the solution to, you know, facilities. Money is the solution to, you know, to good teachers, finding good teachers. Money is the solution to 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 nice buildings and nice facilities. Money is the solution to physical things. The solution to test scores, in my opinion, is curriculum and finding a good person to deliver that curriculum. So I started, you know, I sh shouldn't say started, I mean, I got into this case study in Cleveland, the LeBron James I Promise School. I wasn't really able to finish it. Uh, LeBron James has done a very good thing in Cleveland, uh, you know, by starting this, this I Promise School. And it is in conjunction with the Ak Akron Public School District. Um, it includes uh, additional wraparound services that are provided by uh, the LeBron James Family Foundation. And of course, the goal is to help at-risk students within the district. Uh, it, and the, the model includes longer school years, school days, and additional teachers to reduce class sizes. Here are some of the things that the, the school includes. Uh, this was a $2.2 million contribution from LeBron. And this was in 2018. The school started in 2018. So for $2.2 million, they renovated uh, the Akron Public School building on West Market Street which originally housed classroom overflow space for the district. So it was a building already there in place, and so they renovated it. Uh, they provided desks, furniture, teachers, staff support, wiring of technology, additional needs that, uh, that were presented, you know, within the school year. Uh, they created a family resource center. They created a food pantry, uh, four additional teaching staff members, to reduce the class size to 23 students per teacher, additional hour of school time, 
after-school programs, coverage of substitute teachers and tutors. And additionally, the school provides free bicycles for students and GED services and adult programs to parents. Uh, so this is this is a big deal. I mean, and there was a lot of money thrown at this. Uh, 2.5 million to start. So it it opened up to to 240 students in the third and fourth grade in 2018. 240 third and fourth graders and and the school goes to eighth grade so every year that third and fourth grade class would go to fourth and fifth and then fifth and sixth and then seventh and eighth so it, they're just kind of you know growing the school that way and then that's you know they take in these third and fourth graders all right so this article is from 2018 and it says there are currently 240 students inside uh, the i promise school and that number is expected to double by next year and continue to grow through 2023 when the school houses first through eighth grade students. So it looks like it was going to, while it started at third and fourth grade, it looked like it was going to go down and take first and second on its way up to eighth. Uh, Pendleton is the person that's being quoted here in this article. And I'm not, oh, Ryan Pendleton is the treasurer for Akron Public Schools. At least he was in 2018. So Ryan Pendleton said, while Akron Public Schools projects their I Promise School operational cost to increase to 8 to 10 million by 2023, depending on how many students attend the school. So it started with LeBron, you know, contributing starting out with two and a half million. Then it says the foundation also noted it contributes an additional 2.6 million in services and programs. Uh, you know, so we're looking at, I don't know, 5 million there. And the treasurer says by 2023, we're looking at eight to 10 million just for this one school. This was in 2018. All right. So fast forward to 2023. And the test results are in. And this is kind of where I ended yesterday. So uh, this, this meeting, this board meeting took place just last summer, 2023. And one of the, uh, the school board members, uh, board president Derek Hall, who noted Monday's presentation was the first such overview he had seen on the school in his nearly four years on the board. So we're talking about the school board president. He's been on the board for four years, and this is the first time he has seen the presentation on academics. And his reply is, for me as a board member, I just think about all the resources that we're providing, and I just... I'm just disappointed that I don't think it doesn't appear like we're seeing the kind of change that we would expect to see. So he's somewhat flabbergasted. I mean, he's saying, we're here we are at this I promise school that receives the public school funding that any other school would receive. And then on top of that, it gets millions of dollars from the LeBron James Foundation. And he, he's saying the scores, by the way, are, are dismal. 
I mean, they're, they're dismal. And he's saying, what in the world is happening here? Number one, this is the first time I'm seeing this. This is the board president, been on the board for four years. And, you know, this is the first time I'm seeing this. And here we are, we've got all this, all this cash that we're throwing at the problem. You know, the problem is low test scores. And they created this school to help underprivileged kids who are underperforming uh, and just who, in, in their words, needed a, a leg up, a helping hand. And uh, the, the idea is fantastic. I mean, the, the, the heart here, you know, the issue of, of the heart is, is beautiful. There's people here in Akron that see there's a problem. And, you know, they want to do something about it. And LeBron wants to do something about it. I, you know, I applaud LeBron for this, you know, taking out millions of dollars from, you know, from his family foundation to give back to his community that he grew up in. I think it's a beautiful thing, you know, but money is not the solution to this particular problem of low test scores. Uh, Last year's fifth grade class has doubled the number of students proficient in reading from when they were in fourth grade. So this is the report that came over the summer, and they're they're lauding this. The fifth grade class has doubled the number of students proficient in reading from when they were in fourth grade. I mean, that sounds really good. We've, we've doubled the number. But when you look at the numbers, uh, it's doubled from 6% proficient to 13% proficient. I mean, okay, there's an improvement, but I mean, it's still only 13% proficient. Something's wrong here. Oh, and look at the time. We're up against the break already. All right, we'll pick this up on the other side of this. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD 
for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And I want to dive back into this uh, and, and see if I can't, you know, wrap this thought up here. Uh, we're talking about the I Promise School and the data that came out last summer or the summer here recently in 23. School started in 2018 with all, just a ton of potential. Everyone was lauding it as, you know, this amazing model model of efficiency they were calling it you know the lebron family foundation was you know dumping millions of dollars into this into this school and the here we are five years later and the test results are not they're not up to par where they should be and the school board president is saying you know this is the first time i'm seeing this been on this board for four years the school has been in operation for five and uh, I'm just surprised that these scores are so low when we're dumping so much money and, and you know, so much resource into this facility. So uh, I read this piece from the article at the end of the last segment. Last year's fifth grade class has doubled the number of students proficient in reading from when they were in fourth grade. That's good news. But, it, but the doubling is from just under 6% to 13% of the class. You know, so you you can take numbers and and you can, you know, twist them and turn them and make them sound amazing. We've doubled the number of kids proficient. But when you look at the hard data, uh, the millions of dollars that are being dumped into this program, there should be more than 13% of the fifth grade class proficient in reading. That is well below the national average of 34%. Uh the article continues, last year's sixth graders lost ground. When they were in fifth grade, 7% were proficient on the reading test. In sixth grade, just 2%. Students come into the school an average of two years behind, so it's not surprising that in early years, students wouldn't be able to make up that much ground in just a year or two. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's what the article says, but I mean, it seems to me that, okay, it's going to take you a while to make up ground, but why are you losing ground? Why are you going from 7% proficient in fifth grade, but then when they get to sixth grade, it's only 2%. The article continues, but when school's first class of eighth graders graduated from I Promise, and that happened just this last spring, only 11% of them tested proficient on the state English language arts test. So these are the kids that that went through, I promise. They started as fourth graders, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yep, eight years. I'm sorry, five years. This is the fifth year of the school. They have their first graduating class. A group of kids that have been, that have gone through the program. All right, a program that has received millions of dollars from you know LeBron's foundation, and again, I'm 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 not faulting anybody here. I'm I'm not faulting LeBron. I'm not. This isn't me, you know, saying anything negative 
about LeBron. Again, I don't agree with LeBron's politics, but I think LeBron's heart is in the right place. I mean, LeBron's got a lot of money and LeBron's saying, okay, I'm going to do what I can. And if, if money is the answer, I'll, I'll give you money. And he's given tons of money to this school. And my premise is money is not the answer. Money is not the solution to the problem. Money can be the solution to a lot of problems, but it's not the solution to low test scores. And I think the I Promise School shows that. You've got you know kids coming in as fourth graders, going through the entire program, and then just 11% of them are testing proficient on the state English language arts test. The incoming group of eighth graders, the ones who haven't tested proficient on the math test in three years, weren't always struggling at that level. Their first year in the school, when they were in the third grade, 17% of the class tested proficient in math. So they came in. They came into this school, 17% of them testing proficient. Um, on the English test this spring, when they graduated as eighth graders, 8% of them tested proficient in math. So there was a decline. So the school was founded to, um, you know, help uh, low-income students. It was founded to help at-risk students. It, it was going to be, um, you know, people said it was going to be a school that was, quote, a game changer, quote, model of efficiency, quote, truly transformational for students. Um, at-risk students and 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 these at-risk kids came in as third graders as a group 17 percent proficient in math and so we're like bring these kids in here we're gonna yeah we're gonna change things we're gonna dump all this money into their education we're gonna give everybody bicycles we're gonna we're gonna have ged programs for their parents we're you know we're gonna do all these wonderful things and i'm again i'm not poo-pooing any of that i love all of it um but as these kids are now graduating as eighth graders, instead of 17% being proficient in math, only 8% are proficient in math. The district did not provide comparable state test results for the control group of students who met the criteria for the I Promise school. Um, I, so I guess my point is that money you know, money isn't the money isn't the answer. Money is not the solution to the problem of low test scores. Money is not the solution to the problem that we see in education right now, where the kids are not learning anything. What's the solution, Dean? Well, the solution is curriculum. The solution is is curriculum. It's it's what we're teaching. So, the 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 one thing that jumps out at me in this article here is that uh, this is the article from 2018 that introduced the I Promise School in Akron. The, the first sentence says, uh, I'm sorry, the second paragraph says, the I Promise School follows the Akron Public School District curriculum. Okay, but it includes all this additional stuff, all the, all the wraparound services. Uh, which the foundation says they're going to help at-risk students. 
And I told you, I gave you the list of things that that was you know being provided here for these kids. Uh, the, the the commonality between the I Promise School and the Akron Public School is the word curriculum, teaching them the same thing. They're teaching them the same way. Money isn't the, I'm just telling you, kids, I'm telling you, money is not the solution to low test scores. The solution is curriculum. You know, it's, you know, what are we teaching the kids? Uh, how, who, who's doing the teaching? Uh, I've got an article here <clears throat> from Common Sense Classical, and it's entitled, Why Does Classical Education Work? I'll link this to the to the show notes. It says students graduating from classical schools leave with a deep sense of their role within the world. I mean, that right there is enough. Isn't that what you want? Don't you want your 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 students leaving with a deep sense of their role within the world? They leave understanding how they can shape for themselves a truly good life. Not only that, but they leave with skills and habits that will serve them for a lifetime. So these are these are important things. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the to the math and the reading and you know the history and the science yet. When when students go to classical schools, they leave with a deep sense of their role within the world and an understanding on how they can shape for themselves a truly good life. They leave with skills and habits that will serve them for a lifetime. I mean, these these elements are important. Um, you know, but instead, you know, yesterday I, I played the clip for you, the uh, the superintendent of the new Hanover you know, school district in North Carolina. The superintendent, you know, was in the school board meeting and he's having this public conversation with, you know, someone in the audience, I presume. And, you know, she says, uh, you know, all men are created equal. And she's talking about this phrase. And and she erroneously attributes it to the Constitution. She says, that's our Constitution. That's, you know, she's saying this is this is what the country is built upon. And the superintendent says to her, you know, ma'am, as a black man, I, you know, the Constitution doesn't represent me. You know, the people at the table, when they were in the room writing the Constitution, they they don't represent me. They didn't represent me. And and that is unfortunate that we have people in the country who 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 have that feeling, that have that mentality, that our founding documents were not created for them. And I, I get it. I understand. I, I mean... The, the bitterness of of slavery is you know i guess for some people is is very deep you know and the founding documents while not eradicating it they established a roadmap for it to be eradicated um, you know frederick douglas believed that lincoln believed that you know people in that time who who were abolitionists who wanted to, to dispose of slavery believed that, um, and so he I guess here's the difference that we have between between a government education and a classical education is that you know classical schools you know create in their students a deep sense of their role within the world 
and, and an understanding of how they can, you know, shape a life for themselves that's truly good. And, and they live in the freest country in the world that gives them that opportunity instead of having the the perspective and the mindset that the founding documents were not created for you. And therefore you you are are unable to be free. You're never going to be free. I mean, these documents, they weren't created for you. They didn't have you in mind. As a person of color, they weren't thinking about you. So, you know, you you are never going to be free. And that is an unfortunate attitude. It's an unfortunate mindset. It's a it's a self-defeating mindset. And, and that mindset has to be disposed of first and, and foremost. I mean, if if the if the I promise school came to me and said, you know, well, you you consult with us, you know, let's sit down for a, a consultation. That's the first thing I would tell them is that the mindset has to change. And I don't know what their mindset is. I mean, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I have to do some some exploring and, and ask, you know, some deep questions. But that's the first thing on the on the list. You have to change the mindset. I mean, kids have to have an understanding that they live in the best country on the planet. I mean, we're going to get into this here in a little bit. Maybe the third segment, you know, we're going to talk about today's December 1st, and it's in an anniversary of, 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 of an, an address Lincoln gave to Congress, which is, mm, he just goes into it. America is the last best hope. That's what Lincoln says. And, and that is something that we have to teach our kids. They have to understand and realize that America is the last best hope. They live in a land that provides them opportunity to go after their goals and dreams. Yes, the, the Declaration and the Constitution represents all Americans. It doesn't matter what your race, creed, color, you know, religion. It, it doesn't even matter what your sexual orientation is. The, the, the Constitution and the Declaration, they were written for all Americans. We have freedom in this country to pursue things that we want to pursue. And that mindset has to be, it has to be foundational for our students. If 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 that mindset isn't foundational, then they're delivered with a with a mindset that is self-defeating and therefore self-fulfilling prophecies prevail. Mm -hmm. Limiting beliefs have to be removed. They just have to be disposed of first and foremost. And, and that's what a classical education does at the foundation. It's what it does at the start. It removes limiting beliefs. It removes these self-defeating ideas that, um, you know, because I am a particular way, because I, I look a particular way, because I'm a particular gender, because I'm a particular color, because I'm a particular this or particular that, then I can't achieve things in, in this life. That is wrong. And that, that mentality has to be disposed of. It's got to be removed. Um. I mean, there are other things, obviously, that a classical education does. Uh, you know, the structure of a classical education, the way it's set up between uh, elementary school, middle school, and high school, it 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 is structured the way the way kids think. Um, this article, you know, delves into the structure, 
where it's, you know, it says the elementary school, if you walk into an elementary school classroom at a classical school, it's not uncommon for there to be a fair amount of singing, chanting, and reciting. If you stay for a long time, you'll notice that the students are taking in tons of information. They learn people, places, dates, and general facts about a variety of subjects. Um, this is because at this age, learning by heart is easy and pleasurable. The elementary school-aged brain is naturally prone to memorization and recitation, and their powers of observation and memory are at their most powerful. They latch on to engaging content and are delighted to learn the nitty-gritty details of all their subjects. At this age, classical education gives students a firm foundation of knowledge they can use for building and analysis. It's also the age where students build satisfaction and pleasant confidence in their knowledge. School is satisfying for them because it feeds their natural psychological inclinations. Um, yet, you know, we have elementary kids, you know, at schools that are you know, that are coming in and only a small percentage of them are, are proficient in a particular thing. But if there was a particular mentality, a particular curriculum being taught in a particular way that it was being taught, I think we would see some changes. So in my opinion, money is not the solution to low test scores. Again, it's the solution to a lot of things. It's not the solution to low test scores. Curriculum is a classical curriculum. What is being taught and how it is being taught is a game changer. That's the game changer. Um, you know, and if the Akron folks would have consulted me, I would have told them that, my friends, is the game changer. That is what will be truly transformational for students. That will be the model of efficiency. All right, we'll pick up history class on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. 
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud talk radio. America Out Loud is a rising voice in the new media. Uh, It's where smart people go to get their news and information. So congratulations on being one of the smart ones, making it to the Dean's List. And if you are one of the smart ones and you, uh, you know, you want to fight the flu, you want to fight flu season with a vengeance, Go to americaoutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25 for 25% off when you buy the Kofex nasal and throat spray. Make it part of your regimen. That is my anecdotal advice to you. Make it part of your regimen. It has bailed me out, and it will continue to bail me out. All right. We are, you know, we're, we're just, we're, I guess we're talking about a, a mindset. I mean, ultimately. We're talking about uh, uh, teaching our kids to have a particular mindset. Uh, And, you know, in the last segment, I said money is not the solution to the educational problem. Okay. The the problem is low test scores, uh, 34% reading proficiency, eighth grade, uh, 40 something percent math proficiency, eighth grade. I don't remember what the exact number was. 13% proficient in American history, eighth grade. This is awful. You know, and I don't like to talk about how awful it is. And, you know, the solution is not throw more money at it. And that's what, you know, that's what school leaders want. They they say, we need more money. We don't have enough money. We need, where's the money going? You know, the the I Promise School in Akron is, it's a case study, kids, that money is not the answer. No, the answer is what we are teaching them. The answer is curriculum. The answer is is what is being taught. What are they learning? What type of person are they coming out of these schools as? I mean, really, that's uh, that's what it boils down to. Today is December 1st, so let's go to history class, shall we? In, in In light of what the kids are being taught, let's go to history class. You know, yesterday I played the the clip of of Dr. Faust at the school board meeting in North Carolina saying that the Constitution does not represent him. It was not written for him. As a black man, it was not written for him and it doesn't represent him. And and my lament on that, you know, perspective is you know, I think it's it's sad that there are people in the country who who feel like that the the founding documents that establish freedom and liberty were not written for them, and I I understand or I, I do I mean I I get why they why they feel that way. Um, I just I think it's a I think it's sad. I mean we have this opportunity afforded us to to go after things, and I think it's sad that 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 perspective exists. The, the the perspective that that the freedom is not made available to them. So d- December first, eighteen sixty two, uh, was a moment of uh, grave danger for the republic. All of eighteen sixty two is a moment of of grave danger. The nation had been torn in two by civil war. Uh, the outcome of which no one could predict. I mean, it's up and down, it's back and forth. 
President Lincoln would soon sign the Emancipation Proclamation, and he wasn't even sure of its effect. He didn't, you know, he didn't know that it would, if it would be a success or not. Uh, so on December 1st, in his annual message to Congress, which I guess is really the written equivalent of today's State of the Union, uh, this is what Lincoln reminded us of. Uh, he, he reminded us of what was at stake. And Lincoln's, you know, he's such a, a great writer. I mean, he is, just his word choice. Uh, it's fantastic. I mean, this is this is short. Listen to this. The dogma of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. <laughs> I mean, that line right there, isn't that great? The dogmas of the quiet past are inadequate to the stormy present. The occasion is piled high with difficulty, and we must rise with the occasion. Mm, that is so good. You know, we're, we're going to be faced with, with difficulty in life. The occasion of our life is going to be piled high with difficulty, but we have to rise to that occasion. We have to rise higher than the difficulty. We have to rise higher than the obstacles. Otherwise, how are we going to overcome them? We have to rise higher. And rising higher, in my opinion, believe, it starts with, with our mentality. It starts with, with our belief system. Mm, that is good. We must, no, I'm sorry, I, I missed a line. As our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. We must disenthrall ourselves, and then we shall save our country. That paragraph right there is just, you know, if kids, I think kids need to memorize that, that paragraph. I think they need to understand, just by Lincoln's words, that we're going to be faced with storms and challenges in our lives. But as Americans, we have this opportunity to grab hold of freedom and liberty and rise above the storms, rise above the the, the difficulty that's piled high around us. Uh, you know, our case is new, so we must think anew and act anew. We have to have a, a, a new way of thinking, a new attitude here. Lincoln continues, fellow citizens, we cannot escape history. We of this Congress and this administration will be remembered in spite of ourselves. No personal significance or insignificance can spare one or another of us. The fiery trial through which we pass will light us down in honor or dishonor to the latest generation. We say we are for the Union. The world will not forget that we say this. We know how to save the Union. The world knows we do know how to save it. We, even we here, hold the power and bear the responsibility. In giving freedom to the slave, we assure freedom to the free, honorable alike in what we give and what we preserve. We shall nobly save or meanly lose the last best hope of earth. Other means may succeed, this could not fail. The way is plain, peaceful, generous, just, a way which, if followed, the world will forever applaud. 
and God must forever bless. What was that way? It was a way of freedom. Freedom of the slaves. It was it was a change in path that Lincoln was was moving towards. Lincoln believed that the uh, that the Constitution and the Declaration went hand in hand. He believed that the the values of the of the Declaration, the uh, the freedom and and the liberty, were allowed to happen because of the Constitution. He believed they were they were in lockstep. Uh, and it's th- th- this this attitude, this way of thinking, needs to be taught to our kids. Our kids need to understand that um, that the country was going after freedom, and the only reason it could pursue and go after freedom was because the Declaration and the Constitution made it so. Uh, you know, Lincoln said, in giving freedom to the slave, we assure freedom to the free. That, you know, we, we've got to do this. All men are created equal. And, and Lincoln believed it. And we believe it. He said, the world knows, or he said, we know how to save the union. The world knows we do know how to save it. Everyone knows that that we we know how to do this, and and we're doing it right now. And it's a it's a bloody test, but we we know this is the answer. He says it's plain, peaceful, generous. It's a just way in which we have to follow. He said the world will forever applaud, and God must forever bless that you know this you know God's going to bring His blessings on this effort, and He has. And that was December 1st, 1862. So December 1st, the same day, 1955, almost 100 years later, uh, Rosa Parks is arrested. You know, she refuses to give up her seat to a white man on a bus in Montgomery, Alabama, and she's arrested almost 100 years later. And here we are still fighting the fight. But because of the Declaration and the Constitution, we have the tools with which to fight the fight. And, you know, we're probably always going to be fighting the fight because of humanity. (laughs) Human, all right? We're human. Not a single one of us are perfect. Not a single one of us. And there's going to be evil in the world that we're going to have to continually go after. This fight is is good versus evil. I was talking with someone the other day, and he said it, he felt like it was his mission to go after this fight. And I and I, I know many of us here on this network, on the platform, on America Out Loud Talk Radio, many of us, you know, believe that. We believe that this is this is our fight, good versus evil, and we're probably always going to be fighting it. But because of the Declaration, because of the Constitution, and because of the faith of our founding fathers, we have the tools to preserve liberty. We have the tools to preserve freedom. And, you know, Lincoln, <laughs> he referred to us. Let me see it here. 
uh, he said, "The world uh, we know that you knew one up or he called us the last best hope on earth." Um, I just I love that line, and uh, I don't see it in here. I read it. Well, here it is, right here. And it says, in giving freedom to the slave, we assure freedom to the free, honorable alike in what we give and what we preserve. We shall nobly save or meanly lose the last best hope of earth. He's referring to America. America is the last best hope of earth. And it's because of the Declaration and the Constitution that America is the last best hope of Earth. Because of the foundation of freedom and liberty that those two documents gave to us, those two documents written for every single American. I'm sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping as I, as I talk. I don't know, maybe you can hear it in the background and you're growing annoyed by it. I don't know. America's the last best hope on earth. And that's why people come here from all over the world to experience freedom. There, um, you know, there's something else that occurred today. Let me, um, an airlift. This happened in 1965, December 1st, 1965. An airlift begins to bring thousands fleeing Castro's communist Cuba to the United States. Thousands. 1965. Thousands are, are, are coming from Cuba. They're, they're, they're fleeing the, the communist takeover, and we're airlifting them out by the thousands because America is the last best hope of Earth. Yeah, it's true. Ten years earlier, 1955, Rosa Parks was being arrested because she refused to give up her seat. And, and that was a battle that was fought. And in, in that particular situation, Martin Luther King was victorious. And it's a battle that's that's still being fought. But people are still wanting to come here, regardless, because this is the last best hope of Earth because of our Declaration and because of our Constitution, because of the faith of our, of our founding fathers. Ah, I, I mean, you feel it. I know you do. I know everyone listening to me right now, you feel this the exact same thing I feel. That America's the last best hope on earth, and it is that way because of the freedom we have given to us by a by a declaration of independence framed by a constitution that 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 lays out the framework for that freedom and that liberty and those unalienable rights to be pursued. Ah, it doesn't get any better than that. And 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 those documents are for all of us. Every I don't care. I, I don't care what color you are. The document's for you because the freedom is for you. Uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, William Bennett's book, the the American Patriots Almanac. There's a section in here in the beginning of December. He talks about faith and founders. He says, when history books tell of this nation's founding, they often leave faith out of the story. It's, it's detrimental. 
and they do it on purpose. They give a nod to the beliefs of the pilgrims and the Puritans, and then religion practically disappears from the drama. And I don't even think they're giving nods to the to the pilgrims and the Puritans anymore. The characters on the stage become men and women whose motives are largely untouched by faith in God. And that's, that is sad that that's what's happened to our history because our faith in God is what is what has driven this country. Our faith in God, it's, it's what drove Harriet Tubman. It's what drove Abraham Lincoln. Uh, it's it's what drove you know Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Madison, and it's what still drives a lot of us today. You know whether we're allowed to discuss it or not. A faith in God still still drives us, and I I think you know maybe Monday I'll take some time, and you know we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the, the faith, the faith of the founders. You know we'll talk about maybe the the faith of Lincoln. This, uh, uh, I, I just, I, I can't, I can't say it enough that this country is, it is a beautiful place that provides hope and freedom for many. And I hope you feel that way. I really do. And and I, and I hope you talk about it. I hope you talk about the way you feel. Let's, let's be loud and proud. Malcolm says, let's get loud, America. Let's do it. Let's get loud. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me on the Dean's List. Invite your friends and family to join us. Let's unite to renovate the age.